1 Corinthians chapter number 15 once again tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll look in the same chapter we were in this morning. Uh, we'll see a different portion of it tonight. Thank you for the music. And our music is such a blessing. And uh, I enjoy our music. And our music is just good. Uh, and I think it's best that there is. And um, so I, I always enjoy the music. Tonight I want to uh, look at the last part of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And while you're turning there, uh, I want to just remind you, let's just continue to be faithful as we serve the Lord, faithful as a church moving forward in this day we live in. God's blessing our church. God has blessed our church, is blessing our church. I know we've been waiting for some time for some things to break through. Uh, but I, I, I tell you, it's about to happen. I can sense some things that are happening. And so uh, God's going to give us a great opportunity to reach people. And so I'm saying this to say, continue to be faithful. Continue to pray. Pray for one another. Pray for your pastor. Pray for God to continue to open doors. And then I want you to be thinking the weeks of service that we need help in. And so I want you to be thinking about how you can serve. Uh, if you're not serving in any capacity right now through the church, there'll be opportunities for you to serve. And so I want you to be thinking about that as I mention those to you. As the Lord leads you, uh, we want to be involved in serving the Lord through the church, uh, being a blessing and a help to other people. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 beginning with verse number 50. This morning, we looked at the first half, the first portion of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, as we uh, dealt with the resurrection. And of course, there were some who were teaching uh, that there was no resurrection. Uh, when you die, that's it. Paul certainly corrected them, and he does so throughout this entire chapter. Now, this evening, I want to, us to focus from verse 50 down to verse 58, and uh, there's some, just some simple things I want us to be reminded of. Uh, and I'm excited about this series because he lives. Uh, we know that uh, we shouldn't celebrate the resurrection just one time a year. Uh, we shouldn't think about it just one time a year. In the life of a Christian, we ought to be thinking about it every single day. We ought to be focused on it every single day. There's so much we have because of the resurrection. And I think uh, I'll be able to encourage us tonight and help us tonight as we look at this passage of Scripture, beginning with verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit corruption, or incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're going to look at all of these verses this evening, but look with me at verse 57 again. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The title of the sermon tonight is just a simple statement. There is victory in Jesus. There is victory in Jesus. We as God's people, we know this. Certainly a Sunday night crowd would say amen. 
Uh, we know that, Pat. We know this, Pastor. And, but I want to remind us of some things this evening. In fact, there is victory in Jesus. I believe it will be an encouragement to us. Father, we come to you once again uh, thankful for what you've already done for us today, mindful of uh, the many blessings you've bestowed upon us. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We do thank you uh, for the power of God, which is the resurrection. And Father, we certainly uh, want to uh, put our focus on you tonight. May you encourage your church, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. There is victory in Jesus. We certainly sing of victory in Jesus. We know there's victory in Jesus. Uh, the child of God is aware of what Jesus has done for us. As we looked at the beginning of this chapter this, this, this morning, uh, talking and seeing the, the, about the resurrection and how we had the resurrection is part of the gospel and what we have in the gospel. Um, there's a danger for in a church like this one where you have generations that grow up inside the church. I was saved as a child. Many of you tonight could say you were saved as a child. And, 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 and I, don't, I say that to say I don't want us to, to be forgetful of what we have in the gospel. What we have in, resurrect, in, in, in the resurrection of Christ, that transforming power, what we have in our salvation. Now, I'm thankful I was saved at a young age, and uh, the child need, that grows up in Sunday school needs Christ, just like the drunkard on the street needs Christ. Uh, we all need Christ because of our sin nature. I, I, I bring that up, and I remind us of this because I want us to never forget what Christ has done for us. I want us to always be thankful for what we have in our salvation. Certainly, we say this, but the most important decision we ever made was to put our faith in Christ. The most important decision anyone can ever make is to put their faith and trust in Christ. Friend, we might have made a lot of mistakes in our life, but if we did that, we got that one right. That's the most important one. I want to encourage us tonight. I won't keep us long, but I want us to see some things uh, in, in this passage of Scripture. I want us to, first of all, uh, look at verse number 50, and I'll say, number one, change is coming. There's a lot of politicians that promise change. There's a lot of the besiegers come upon us, there's change. But friend, I want to say to you from the Scripture tonight, change is coming. It's not coming in a political nature, Notice with me verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Ladies, you've been trying to change your husband for decades. You haven't been able to do it. But let me tell you, change is coming. And we're all going to be changed. Why? Because of the gospel. Because of the resurrection of Christ. Because of what we have in salvation. Change is coming. Uh, notice what the scripture says. It tells us that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We in our corrupt state, we in the sinful, in our sinful bodies, we can't inherit all the things of God. We say, oh, I want the kingdom of God. I want the kingdom of God. And certainly we do. Well, change has got to take place for us to inherit the kingdom of God. And I declare to you this evening by the authority of Scripture that change is coming. Uh, notice what it says in verse number 50, neither uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption in 
inherit corruption because corruption cannot inherit corruption. Something's got to change. What is this that's going to change? Look at verse 51. Uh, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Either the rapture or the resurrection is going to take place for every child of God. The trumpet could sound tonight. Scripture speaks of it. If it were to sound tonight, if I would trust that tonight everybody knows that they're saved on their way to heaven. Everybody has put their faith on Christ, on the gospel, knows that they are saved and secure. If that trump were to sound tonight, we would be raptured out of here. In the twinkling of an eye. Think of that. The rapture or the resurrection. That word death that we don't like to think about, we don't like to talk about. That word death that takes our loved ones away from us. That word death that scripture tells us is an appointment for every man. Change is coming. It's going to come in the form of either rapture or resurrection. Now tonight, I hope as we get through this outline that we will not, we'll come, we'll come out of this and we may not look forward to death, but we won't fear death because we should not fear death as a child of God. Because change is coming. The scripture tells us we're all going to be changed either in the rapture or the resurrection. I pray for the rapture because since the time I was a child, I've always dreamed of flying anyway. And so, you know, we could just accomplish that all in one. Oh, with the twinkle of an eye, we're going to be with the Lord. Think about that. But there, we all know somebody who's gone on before us, and their appointment with death has come and gone, and the day's going to come, that resurrection is going to take place. They're with the Lord today. One way or another for the child of God, we are all going to be changed. How are we going to be changed? How is this? Pastor, can you explain how all this is going to take place? Well, the best word I can use is the word the Bible uses. Behold, I show you a mystery. I can't explain it all to you. What's it going to be like? You and I are going to discover that at the same time. Uh, it's a mystery. It is something that certainly, when is it going to happen? That's what the Father knows. But I know we're all going to be changed how are we going to be changed? The living will be raptured out. The dead in Christ will be resurrected. Their, their, their soul will, will get an incorruptible body. We're going to be re the resurrection will take place. We shall be changed. Notice verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. How are we going to be changed? You and I, we have a corruptible body. But after this change, we're going to have an incorruptible body. There would be no decay. It, it, it can't break down. It can't fail us. Are you to the age yet where your mind tells you that, that your body can still do these things, but yet your body reminds you very quickly, that was 30 years ago, son. You ain't, you ain't, you're not still doing that. Or I'm at the place, it's like, Pastor, you want to come out and play a ball with us? And I'm calculating how long it will take me to recover from that. <laughs> but the day is coming, this corruptible body will put on incorruption. Because I remind you, verse 50 says, we can't inherit the kingdom of God in this corruption. We can't enter into the presence of God, that place of perf perfection in our imperfection. And what else is going to have that? What other change is going to take place? The mortal shall put on immortality. Friend, you and I are mortal. You and I, uh, it is but a step between life and death. If the rapture doesn't take place, 
you and I will die because we are mortal. But the day is coming when nobody will worry about death. Nobody else will think another thought about death because mortality is going to put on immortality. Our loved ones who have already gone on before us and have already faced death, they're not worried about death tonight. They're not thinking about it. Why? Because they're now in immortality. They are alive in Christ. This body that dies is going to put on immortality. Friend, I want to encourage you tonight because there's victory in Jesus. Change is coming. Change is coming. I say to you, number two tonight, that death comes before resurrection. You know how we, why we celebrate the resurrection of Christ? Because Christ died. Read of the crucifixion of Christ and the suffering and how horrible that is. Why did Christ go through that? Because he had to die in order to be resurrected. But friend, the same is true for you and I. Death comes before resurrection. Look at verse 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Now, I've already mentioned that change is coming. We're going to, this, this corrupt is going to put on incorruption. Mortal is going to put on immortality. Verse 54 refers to that. But notice, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Think about this. That's a wonderful word, that word then. I have it circled in my Bible because it reminds me that that Saying we like to say, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Something has to take place in order for us to be able to declare that. We know it to be true because Scripture tells us it's true. We know it to be true because Christ was resurrected. But think about it. Death comes before resurrection. Uh, in verse number 35 and verse 36, look back with the verse 35 and 36 with me. Of course, Paul is addressing the, 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 the issue of the resurrection, the fact that there is a resurrection. And he's answering their questions in this, in this correspondence. Look at verse 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Verse 36, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. That which is not quickened or made alive, is not going to happen unless it die. He goes on and uses the illustration of a seed has to die in that corruption before it can give forth that fruit. And what he's basically saying is every time you see that grain grow, you're seeing an example of the power of God. Something dies, and then life comes out from it. And friend, for you and I, we don't look forward to that time of death, but I need to remind all of us tonight, this is something for us to be reminded of. Before we can be resurrected, before we can put on incorruption, we've got to die. And if we're not those in that generation that Christ calls us out through the rapture, death comes before resurrection. It must take place before that life, that eternal life, 
So those who have gone on before us, yes, they have died. Their corrupt body has, 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 has as far as on this side of eternity, they have faced death. But they had to die in order to spend an eternity with God. You and I, we live our life in the time that God has given us. But that portal of death takes us from this side of eternity. It takes us from corruption to incorruption. It takes us from mortality to immortality. Those who we know who do the Lord who have died are more alive than you and I are because they have gone from mortality to immortality. In verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? If you'll allow me to use a personal illustration when our daughter Amanda was sick, it was very obvious from a very young age that her corruptible body did not, was not like other bodies. She was very sick. Things did not work in her body that should have worked. And I remember thinking, you know, Lord, certainly we would pray and ask for God to touch your little body. We certainly were hopeful that doctors in their wisdom and through modern medicine and things maybe they knew we didn't know could, could help her. But it got to a place, and God certainly worked in our hearts and our lives. We got to a place we didn't want to, her to suffer in corruption. We did not want her to die. Say, does death sting? Absolutely it stings. And some of you this evening, you still feel the death, you still feel the sting of a loved one who has gone on in death. And I can tell you tonight as... Amanda's dad, I still feel the sting of that death. But I can still be comforted because she's no longer in her corrupt body. It was the sting of death that we experience in this life. We have the promise of the Word of God that she is, to use her as an illustration, she's not in corruption. It's incorruption. She's not mortal. It's immortality. And the day is going to come, whether I pass through the same portal of death or that trumpet sounds and Jesus calls us all home, there is going to be a reunion day. And when I see her, I tell you, I will proclaim, death, where is the sting? Because there's no more sting, because it is swallowed up in victory, because the failure of that corruption will be no more. In order for there to be a resurrection, but there had to be death first. Because it is after that death, we pass from corruption to the incorruptible, from mortality to immortality. And friend, the day is coming. When that change takes place in each and every life, we will proclaim, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Oh, can you hear the clanging of the keys of death and hell that Jesus holds in his hand? How he conquered them through his death and resurrection is because Christ conquered death 
and Christ rules death. And because of the gospel and our salvation and our faith in him for what Christ has done, death is swallowed up in victory. That victory that is in Jesus and the day is going to come. We'll know each other not in an incorruptible body, or in not in a corruptible body, but in an incorruptible one. Boy, the sting of death will be taken away, but i got to remind us, death comes before resurrection. He starts out in verse number 50. Now this I say, brother, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. God uh, we, we, have a, we have a kingdom to inherit. We can't do it in this. You go back to Moses. Moses wanted to see God, and God says, I can't let you see me in all my glory. Because Moses, like you and I, was in, was in corruption. The only way to see God in all of his glory, the only way to re- inherit the kingdom of earth, is for our, that change to take place. The corrupt, to be incorruptible, number three, is just a reminder that victory is through Christ. It is through Christ. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you and I know, we've preached about this morning, we've preached on the night, this is a faithful Sunday night crowd. Uh, We know that victory comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight, or you're watching uh, by way of live stream, listening by radio tonight, or you see this later, and you're wondering what that is, I would refer you to this morning's message. But I want to focus for this point this evening on the first part of verse 57, but thanks be to God. We know that victory is through Christ, but can I just say thanks be to God for the Lord Jesus Christ? Victory is through Him, and thanks be to God that it's not through ourselves, it's not through another man, it's not through works which we must do, but thanks be to God that victory is through the Lord Jesus Christ. How is it we're going to be able to say one day, Oh, death, where's your sting? I don't feel it anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't weigh on me anymore. It's not, it's not sorrowful anymore. Why? Because I see the incorruption, the immortality. We are living in that. Thanks be to God that I can look forward to that one day. Thanks be to God that vic- there's victory over death. There's victory over corruption. There's victor- victory over mortality. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, that's what we need to be focused on. The worst things of this world, the things this world fears the most, is simply a transition from you and I to get from this life to the other life. And we can say, thanks be to God. This is as bad as it's ever going to be for the child of God. As bad as it's ever going to be. Well, we talk about heaven, how wonderful it's going to be. We need to be reminded that we have victory through Christ. And then verse 58 brings us to number 4. And I just want to leave us with a challenge, a challenge as Paul did. We'll be at verse number 58. May I say tonight, continue until, until God calls us home. Therefore, because of all of this, therefore, my beloved brethren, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If there was no resurrection, why would we do what we do? If there was no resurrection, why would we send out a bus? 
Why would you get up early and go get on that bus this morning? Why would you work hard to get lost people to church? Why would you give your hard-earned money to missions? If there was no resurrection, why would we do the things that we do? Paul has made his case that there is a resurrection because Christ was resurrected. So therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Friend, let's continue until God calls us home. I don't know when God's going to call me home. You don't know when God's going to call you home. Because we don't know, we just know there's a, a point in time. Let's just be faithful. Let's be steadfast, unmovable. Why? Because Christ arose. Because change is coming. This world talks about change that has come and change that is coming. Little does this world know in its Bible ignorance that change is coming. It's coming for the child of God as we're going to pass from corruption into uncorruptible. Let's continue until God calls us home. The rapture is a real thing. There's many false doctrines today that would deny the rapture of the church, but Scripture is undeniable. He could call us home tonight. Boy, let's be faithful. So, oh, I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime. I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime either, but we are admonished in Scripture to live as if it's going to be today. Why do we do what we do? Because there is a resurrection. Because change is coming. Because the day is coming when we will be reunited with those that have gone on before us. The day is coming when we'll be in the presence of our Savior. The day is coming when we'll have no more opportunity to tell someone, hey, Jesus did rose, he did rise from the dead. Jesus is alive. It'll be an opportunity for us to be a witness. And friend, why do we do what we do? Because there has been a resurrection. So what should we do? I admonish us all with these words, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Friend, I think I'm just going to keep preaching a risen Savior. I think I'm just going to stand where the Bible stands. I think we just need to continue to do as the church what God has admonished us to do. This is not the time to change our message or to change our methods or to go a different direction. We must just continue because there is a resurrection. Because the day is coming when Christ is going to call his church home. Time is short for you and I. We can't live this day again. We can't live this past week again. We can't go back to another time. We must make the days count. We must be faithful. There's the song that I think most of us would know, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I would say it's worth it now, but it definitely will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Well, why do we do it? There's a resurrection. Oh, I've used my spare time to try and reach people with the gospel. I've given my spare money. Many times it wasn't spare. I sacrificed so that the work of God could be done. You think a Christian is going to be ashamed of that? 
when they're in the presence of God? Well, I think it'll be the opposite. I should have taken more opportunity. I should have told more people. I should have sacrificed more. Because when we put on that incorruptible flesh, we can't even imagine. We can't even imagine what that's going to be like. Friend, let me just encourage you tonight. If we cannot inherit the kingdom of God through corruption, we're all going to change. Whether it be the rapture or resurrection. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear it. Because death has to come before the resurrection. What a dark time. We took several weeks in that series I preached standing near the cross. What a dark thing the crucifixion was. And how to be an eyewitness of that. How troubling for the followers of Christ to witness that. But how that mood changed on the third day. As word began to spread, he's not there. He's not there. As he began to reveal himself. And those, why would somebody like Paul, why would these disciples preach Christ? And the book of Acts says they hazarded their, hazarded their life for the gospel. They weren't afraid of death. They weren't afraid of persecution. Because they had seen a risen Savior. And if my Savior, who was nailed to that cross, came out of that tomb three days later, and I, I saw the wounds in his hand. I, I saw, in Thomas, he's bid, Thomas, put your hand in my side that's been pierced. Boy, if you saw that, you'd know there's no reason for me to fear death. Because my Savior's conquered it. There's no reason for me to be afraid of what man can do unto me because I know that my Savior has risen and conquered death. Therefore, I don't have to fear it. And friend, you and I, we ought to have the same mentality, the same mindset. My Savior is alive. My Savior did conquer death. It doesn't matter what this world does to me. It doesn't, I don't have to fear what this world might do. Boy, our Savior is alive, and if He's conquered death... I don't have to fear it. I don't have to be afraid of it. Why? Because death has to come before a resurrection. And don't feel sorry for our loved ones who have gone on before us. It's okay to miss them. It's okay to grieve. But they're doing better than you and me. They're doing better than we are. Why? Because they've put off corruption. They've put off mortality. Can you explain how long eternity is? Well, pastor, it's forever. Okay, how long is forever? Put it in context for me. Can you do that? Well, I... No, we can't put, really put it in, in context how long forever, how long eternity is. Well, if you're here tonight, you don't know for certain you're on your way to heaven. I would encourage you to get that settled. 
But for the child of God tonight, don't be discouraged by what's going on in this world. Don't be discouraged by what takes place. Be, be encouraged the fact that the day's coming. Change is coming. We'll put on uncorruption. Wouldn't that be a wonderful day? We'll have perfection. We'll have our incorruptible bodies. We'll have the mind of Christ for all of eternity. Father, I pray that we be reminded that we have victory 